kick off. Uh, look, it's great to meet you, Marius. Um, and uh, welcome to my podcast uh, called Training Thought and Truth, which comes from um, physical, mental, and spiritual health. Um, yeah. And I, it, well, it's our first time talking. We don't know anything about each other, but I did see your post um, on Facebook a few days ago. Um, I think you had it up on one of the mountain bike forums um, that, uh, of your new book. Or is it new? Um, I ate a Jeep. Yeah, well, it's something that uh, it's a process that's maybe seven years into the making, you know, it's since the accident happened to me. Um, and then the process of recovering um, and working towards uh, a healthy person again on the other side, you know, so it's been quite a process. And um, eventually, Part of my healing process for my for my uh, brain injury that I occurred was to think intentionally and to journal to write things down, and uh, eventually I realized. But I have a couple of chapters, yeah. That if I put them in a proper order, it can maybe create a book, and that's where the thought came from. Eventually, as to to actually document the process properly and then see if, if 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 the lessons that I've learned along the way can't help somebody else that goes through the same kind of traumatic experience, you know? Yeah, look, I'm looking forward to talking about it. But um, you might actually just um, tell us a bit about yourself or some where you're calling from and um, a few a few details about your own life. Oh, so I'm 53 years old. Um, I've uh, lived in South Africa my whole life and um, one day I was complaining to a friend that I can't run anymore because my knees are shot from running and he said well why don't you try a bicycle and uh, I got onto a bike and all of a sudden this new passion was born a couple of years ago you know and I started cycling and uh, one evening, my wife and myself were walking the dogs and we came across a lady that I know and she was walking her dog. And uh, she said she just saw on the internet, there's this guy that's launching a new event. They call it the Trans Africa, which is a cycling race from Bite Bridge on the border of Zimbabwe. Um, and it's 2,850 k's back to Cape Town. And I thought, geez, you know, I need an adventure. I need something to do. And uh, it was three months away from the entry date or, you know, from the start date. And I thought I was going to do it. And I started uh, exercising, uh, did a couple of training rides. And three months later, I was, I was doing this absolutely life-changing ride through my own country. Um, if, if, if you understand South Africa, uh, Bite Bridge is uh, pretty much in the bush, bushveld of Africa. And um, it's not densely populated. There's still people living off the land out there, you know. And um, it, it was so life-enriching to actually go through your own country and to experience people that you didn't know existed wow. um and uh yeah three weeks after that 
I was run over by a jeep one morning on a training ride. So going you're, from you're, sorry, you're, you're um, it's this gravel bike or is it a road bike or mountain bike? Uh, it's a mountain bike. So I've 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 never really had a passion for the road bike kind of. I don't feel comfortable on the thin wheels and sitting over the over the handlebar, you know. So I've always been very comfy on the thicker wheels. Yes. And um, I enjoy the fact that the gravel biking or, or gravel roads takes you away from the hustle and bustle of city life. And, and you know, you get a bit of fresh air and you get some peace. Yes. Where if you have to stick to the, the tar roads, you know, it's, it's, you never get away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the only reason why I've really chosen to stick to, to gravel and, and the off-road side of it. Well, you were a runner beforehand, were you? Excuse me? You, you did a lot of running before you, you set onto the bike. Yeah, just road running um, and a bit of, um, a bit of trail running. Um, I really enjoy, it was my, my psychiatry was to put on my running shoes and hit the road. You know, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I did a lot of spear fishing. I did a lot of scuba diving. I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the outdoors quite a bit. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, cycling, amazing, it's an amazing difference. You know, sometimes when you go from road running or road cycling and then go trail running or mountain biking, like just that extra bit of wilderness or being out in the elements more um, taking you away from like you said the uh, hustle and bustle it's really um, rejuvenating almost it's really refreshing isn't it I, like I do it once a week and uh, it clears your head like after a st- stressful work week it can make you brand new afterwards oh absolutely it's absolutely refreshing um, just to go get all the cobwebs sorted and you you kind of have the, get an opportunity to put your game plan uh, together, you know, and then go and review the past week and fix the challenges for the week coming. Yeah, I, yeah. I have that. Yeah, I have that experience too. I, I really uh, savor the time out there in the quiet and the peace. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, when you're always plugged in and always close to home, you never get a really a chance to think your thoughts or plan out your, you know, your, your days or, you know, um, I do find when you're out doing long exercises up in the mountain somewhere, you get a chance to think about your, your, your mind relaxes and wanders and you come up with some of your best ideas sometimes. And um, especially on long trail runs, especially I find on mountain biking, it's a kind of yin yang feeling where, it's, it's, you know, like that Taoist symbol where they have the serpent, the white one and the black dot and the, you know, you're on the edge <laughs> of chaos and order, you know what I mean? You have to concentrate on what's yeah. right and you, you have to be ready. It's thrilling, you know, that's the other side of it. But obviously one of your cycles yeah. one day was a bit too thrilling. Yeah, a little bit too much. And, it, and uh, you know, you're going to laugh at me, but a friend of myself, we were doing a, a training ride and uh, I looked around at Wayne and this is the last thing I actually remember uh, f- from the accident is I-, I told Wayne my friend listen let's get off this tar road and let's go onto the gravel road we know the gravel road is quieter because it was seven seven o'clock on a Friday morning 
So the morning traffic was just starting to build up. And uh, 20 minutes later, yeah, my life was changed, you know, and uh, there was this youngster, he was in a Jeep uh, at a four by four, and he was uh, a trainee pilot. And there's a little airfield just outside our town. And he was in a rush to get to his next lesson. And he took a shortcut between the farms. And he was just going a bit too fast around the corner. And we were coming up on the other side. And uh, unfortunately, um, the accident happened, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's obviously he didn't wake up that morning deciding he was going to run over Marius on his mountain bike, you know. So the poor guy had the worst day of his life most probably happening to him at the same time I was having mine. Yeah, and, and how bad was it? Like, do you remember the car, the Jeep approaching? Or, um, like, wh when did you blank out? How bad was the actual crash? Um, okay, so I remember absolutely nothing. 20 minutes beforehand, when we had the chat that we were going to go off the tar road, is my last actual memory, my own memory. And then I remember from about the 23rd day after the accident, um, when they moved me from my hospital bed, I had to get out of the bed into a chair next to my bed. And I remember that kind of, that was quite excruciating because that was the first time that I actually moved, uh, that I, you know, remember. So. It was quite serious. I bled out within seven minutes. My heart stopped. After seven minutes, I bled out internally. My my kidney, my right kidney burst. Um, so I physically died the first time after seven minutes. And the doctor arrived about two, three minutes after that. And then they struggled to resuscitate me the first time. Um, so the people that actually stumbled upon the accident that was cycling about half a kilo kilometer behind us this chap i don't know if you're aware of the apsa cape epic the mountain bike race it's a very well-known mountain bike race here in south africa now he was the organizer for apsa bank which is one of the bigger banks in in our country and he used to organize that the bank's clients celebrities would cycle with cyclists that are kind of strong cyclists and um, <laughs> so he could phone his team doctor that lived less than 10 k's away from where the accident happened and he still had a medical bag in the car that had drips and so on because the ambulance couldn't find me they only rocked up an hour later um so if it wasn't for errands to call his team doctor neil that actually came to help me within 10 minutes of the accident i wouldn't have pulled through um so that's how god had his hand in and on the events and and i i'm mentioning god now because i wasn't a christian at the time and my spiritual development only came later five years later into this whole process 
of healing and recovery. Um, so it was, if I say it was a life-changing experience or event, um, it, it changed my life on so many levels, you know, and it reached, touched me and people around me on so many diff different levels that I had to put it into a book to actually, you know, uh, what is the right word? When you uh, speak to people in a church and you tell them about your testimony, uh, there's a testimony that's right. So my first language is Afrikaans. You must uh, excuse when I don't get onto the right word. But anyway, so yes, I, I, I felt that my testimony was extremely important um, because I think there's many people that struggle with exactly the things that I was struggling with and still day to day struggle with, you know, recovering after it. And tell me, sorry, how long ago did you say this happened? This happened um, the end of 2014, so uh, November 2014. Uh, so it's about seven years into the process of recovering. And so, I, um, you know, Anthony, at, at, at one point I struggled to put words into a sentence. Um, I couldn't read properly. I couldn't write properly. I couldn't walk. I had to learn how to walk again. My my back was broken. My pelvis was broken in many places. My um, oh, my foot, uh, my knee, my arm was shattered. My ribs was into my lungs. Um, I, I had many, many injuries, you know. Um, so I went in the car, hit me from the front. So the handlebar hit me on my crown jewels and broke off the bicycle. Um, so my crown jewels was the size of a small soccer ball. Um, uh, golly. Um, I, because of the, every time my heart stopped, I had uh, uh, oxygen shortage. So my verbal memory was damaged. Um, in the process and my cognitive management skills were damaged. Um, you know, due to the oxygen shortage, there was a bit of brain damage that caused that. So, um, it's a massive list yeah, of injuries. You know, it, it sounds horrific, you know, but with God's hand on my life, I, I couldn't understand. I was quite a nasty oak. And I would use horrible language and I was, I tipped or, or I, I was in the restaurant industry my whole life. So I made people work hard and long hours and they saw their families little and I would take every last bit I could from the stone, you know, and um, I struggled to understand why God saved my life. Why, you know, because going under the car with two bicycles going like mincing blades, I should have come out on the other side in pieces. You know, and then the fence, when the car dragged me over the side of the road, the fence on the side of the road actually ripped me out from under the car and flung me through the air. So I shouldn't have been alive. And and the only reason why I'm here today is because of 
God saved my life. And I never realized that. I was on a bicycle about four years later after a lot of hard work and exercise and rehabbing and pool work in the gyms and, and, and. And um, I was cycling behind two guys that were speaking about their conversations with God. And I listened to them and I said, but chaps, you know, you have these conversations with God and I'm 50 years old. So it's three years ago because I'm 53 now. I'm 50 years old and I've never had a conversation with God. And the one chap knew me and he said, Marius, you must either be hard of hearing or you must be stupid because God spoke to you three times in one morning. When every time I heart stopped, and I was resuscitated, you know, and the penny dropped and I realized, but goodness gracious, you know, John has a point here. He, God spoke to me. And that day I realized that God saved my life. And then a new process in my life started of religion. You know, I had to learn what religion is because for 50 years, I never really practiced religion. I would go to church when I was at school because your parents tell you you have to go. But it never had meaning. And all of a sudden, this whole new dimension of being a human being or being an adult developed for me, you know, which was quite enriching. And I started meeting people that had such a more richer life experience than I kind of thought I had had up to that point. So the process didn't only bring bad things into my life. It also brought some good things into my life, you know. Um, can you actually hear me? I can. Um, I just, Anthony, I just do you hear me? I can, I can hear oh. you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can. It's just a, it's a great okay, story. Okay. I was just, I was just letting you share. Um, I because you know, I'm interested. In, you know, really, I was quite skeptical till five, about five years ago myself, and um, I had some experiences which changed my thought process. So I just was interested in hearing, you know, from from the penny dropping. You're saying going out with the guys, you know what started to happen mentally with you then? Like, was it straight away you wanted to find out, you know, well, is there evidence behind this? Or did you say, right, I might get myself a Bible. May I may get back to church. What, what way did you go about it from there? Or did you, were you filled with a different sense of purpose then to, to look into this stuff? Um, golly. All right. So I'm going to leave structure to this conversation in your hands. Because I get verbal diarrhea and I jump all over the show. That's okay. So, um, in terms of um, context, it was difficult for me. I had to put certain structures into my life for me to actively and meaningfully recover from where I was at. So I, I, 
I was struggling on 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 different uh, uh, how would I say dimensions of my life because um, one of the big things was I felt less than I felt less than I what I used to feel because I couldn't remember I couldn't remember conversations I was getting panic attacks because I was being so angsty of what I was going to forget that I decided to disengage. Um, I disengaged from friends. I stopped going to, we call it braai, uh, when you barbecue. Um, this maybe the Americans call it a barbecue. So you cook meat over an open fire. And that's a big tradition here for us. So when you meet friends, you go for a braai, a barbecue. Um, I started withdrawing from those things. And all of a sudden, when I started withdrawing, when you go to a barbecue, then you have beer and you have a brandy and Coke. And I wasn't having that with the people anymore that I used to have my drinks with. So slowly but surely, I was being invited by people that goes to church and practice religion. And then I was invited by one of them to join a Alpha course, which is, uh, you'll have to Google it to see what an Alpha course is, but it's, it's to find out more about religion and God. And it's a very interesting course was developed by a chap from England, a barrister from England that became a pastor. Um, Nicky Gumbel is his name. And this was an absolutely amazing course because all of a sudden I was on a Zoom platform doing, during COVID. I was doing this amazing alpha course, meeting people that I've never met before. And we sharing about religion and belief and understanding and not understanding. And I was accepted into a new kind of experiential side of life that I missed out on, that I never realized was there. And slowly but surely, you become more interested. And I started figuring out that prayer actually was my conversations with God. And how much prayer, like you say, you're on your bicycle and you're going on the gravel and you actually get clarity on certain things. I was experiencing that prayer was helping me to get clarity on some of my questions, just everyday things in my life. And while I was praying, I would get clarity. I would get an answer on something. And I started enjoying that. And that was the fuel on my fire to get more involved with religion and starting to read the Bible and just slowly but surely getting my toes into the water and, and, and actually enjoying becoming part of a religion that I always knew was there, but I never found uh, a link to it. I never, and, and I think 
I think the accident was God's way of giving me a big clout, opening my ears and telling me, listen, I, I love you. I care about you. I want you, you know. And that's why I, uh, religion is, is, it means something to me now. Where previously, I I didn't have a link to it at all, and and that's how it's developed for me, Anthony. Just slowly, and it's I've I've tried going to different churches, and I struggle with some of the churches because in some churches they play bands and they sing and they very charismatic, and I feel uncomfortable there. And then I go to another church and then I don't feel 100% comfortable there either. But it's, I, I don't think that they're wrong doing what they're doing. I think God will lead you where he wants you to go eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm just making myself available. I, I was prepared to write in my book that I'm prepared to, what was the word you used uh, when you stand in church and testimony? testimony. Mm. Yes, I'm prepared to give a testimony and, and God will use me when he wants me to do a testimony, you know. Um, you, tell me, you tell me this, um, and it might be a, a difficult question, but um, why Christianity? That's what presented itself to me. Um, nothing else presented itself to me. So I've asked myself this question many times because in Cape Town, we have a very cosmopolitan um, community. So we have many Muslims. We have all the Jewish religions, all of them over here. And there's not one of those people. All of them have a God. And all of them pray to their God, whether it's Allah, whether it's whoever. Um, I believe in the greater good. And I believe that if you, your intentions are good, then I don't care. Marius doesn't care. Who your God is. Um, your intentions. Towards humanity. Is good. Mm -hmm. um, so. I wouldn't. You know in the old days. They had the crusades. Um, and the religions. Fought against each other. I, I don't believe. That that's necessary. For us to understand, you know, that we believe in something that's that's good and and good for all of us. Yes, we can call it whatever we like, you know. So it's, it is a it is a challenging question, but I've made up my mind that I'm not prepared to choose whether somebody is right or wrong, mm -hmm. as long as what their motives are good. Um, I am I am okay with it. And you specifically, though, you you personally are 
praying to to Jesus though in your own that's where you found uh, the communication link that's right yes yes yeah. similar right. to my to myself uh, the only reason I'm asking um, I I would found I don't know if you found this and it's a question um, when I had a spiritual turnaround um, or my born again experience my mentality yeah. like yours started to shift things like work became less important material things became less important uh, spending time at home became more important you know and uh, but i also had this kind of fire in the belly that was bringing me places you know um call it maybe intuition or it's probably why i'm doing the podcast why we're speaking right now and um it's my own testimony i suppose but i did find um i got a lot of resistance um from maybe some friends and family you know that silly stuff you know this that and the other and it did make me want to delve into is there reason behind the faith you know and i did go down the christian road because that's in my experience that's who presented himself to me you know that specific character yes. i found came forward um in, in a dark time and i was like okay now i have to believe it because of what i went through but what's the basis behind it? And I found great evidence behind it, you know, historical evidence. I even flew to Israel and, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was rebaptized in the River Jordan and, you know, um, a lot of stuff. And my parents don't practice it. It wasn't, but it was that character who presented itself. Did you find any resistance yourself? You know, if you went home from that bike ride, you know, did you speak to, your family and did they say well, that's a strange thing for you to come out with were they surprised um it was a very organic shift that happened over time where um now golly life takes you uh, along weird and wonderful roads so my wife was absolutely amazing in my recovery process she assisted me as well as she could anthony she, uh, as i came home she saw that i was sitting in front of the television and i wasn't exercising i wasn't working on my recovery so she found the orphanage and she she donated the tv so that i couldn't sit in front of the telly anymore that i had to lift my bum and go to gym you know <laughs> so she was she was wonderful she took over the finances she managed everything she was absolutely amazing however seven years later uh, she wants to divorce um she's had enough of my memory being poor and i i can't remember certain things and but she's also, she's not a, a Christian. She's more of a Buddhist than a Christian. Um, so it's been an organic, slow shift. And the same happened with the friends that I told you that we were having, uh, we were having drinks with a barbecue and I stopped going to the barbecue. So my fr friends have changed. And it was a slow, organic shift. So it wasn't a sudden change in my case, no. It was a slow, organic sh shift, a move towards 
God brought other people into my life slowly. People that would come and visit me because they were interested in, they knew me because of the kids doing sport at school. And they would pop by and say, how's it? And two hours later, it would end up on a discussion about church. And where do you go and why don't you go? And, and it was never planned. But God brought this into my life slowly over the last seven years. And then there was the shift the day that I had the bicycle ride in the olive grove where I heard the two oaks talking in front of me. And there was a big shift from, from that moment on, yes. But it's slowly but surely beforehand, I was being set up for a shift, definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can see... Um... You can sometimes well I find you can see like you said your company changed and you can kind of see I know it's it's a terrible thing that happened to you um but it's it's almost a rebirth in a way you know um yeah you can find you can, you can find like if that never happened maybe physically you might be better off or spiritually maybe not you know and yeah you wouldn't have seen that sign or you wouldn't have even being in that place to hear them lads talking that day. Um, I do find that sometimes we, we do have to go to the lowest lows to, to find ourselves, I think. And it helps us also, the fact that you're so willing to tell your testimony, it also reaches people who also, you know, might be sitting in a hospital bed or sitting at home recovering. Um, you know, some, some, they need someone to relate to who's gone through every bit of pain that they went through. Um, and you're probably, like I know, I haven't, it's only my second podcast this year. Funny enough, I, I've taken the foot off oh, the wow. gas. Yeah, but it does reach it, it does reach forty plus countries, you know, and people do hear it, you know. Oh wow! And, and I do know um, each one. I don't regret an episode I've done, and I do find like that. Even even the guests kind of come to me in a funny way, you know. I I do think a lot of things are set up to happen because um, only last week, you know, I was listening to. I had a I had a bang with my with my bike uh, a few years ago. Um, I rode bike. I was carrying a bag on the handlebars. The bag caught in the spokes. I went mm. over the top, and the bike got broke up. But I got broke up. I um, needed surgery. Um, I had eleven inch bar in my shoulder now. Um, oh, and uh, you know the doctor said you know that helmet saved you. He said, you know, you're, mm. you hit the, you hit the back, it hit my head first, but I hit the back of my, my shoulder blade and it blew up my collarbone. And he said, um, yeah. in a few places. And he said that, and I, I hadn't got a lot of things on track at the time. I, um, my health wasn't, wasn't there correctly. I was at home. It, it gave me a chance to do a couple of podcasts to reset myself, to get my health on track. And, um, like that it, it probably got me into groups talking to people as well about mm. a lot more a lot minor compared to your crash but still enough to kickstart me in a certain direction and mm. um, yeah but even i was watching um, i got really big into mountain biking this this year actually probably the end of last year i was always on the road bike and um, i was out running lately um but i really a friend got a mountain bike and said why don't you get one and come along and I loved it. You know, I'm not that good, but mm. I, I love it. And I'm out every weekend now. And it resets me and I connect to nature. And I think 
Mm. One thing I have found since my um, born again experience is that the, you know the colors of the mountains are more vibrant almost. You know you have that much more appreciation. Mm. You're looking over the hills, and I say it to a few guys: look at this, look at this sun shining through the trees there, and there, mm. there's you and your nature again. You know, but um, you really breathe mm. it in. I think a lot more. Do you find that? Um, I'm going to tell you two stories. Um, and I need to start a little bit back. So I was sitting in the rehab and I was, it was Christmas time. And I was feeling very sorry for myself. And I was, I was considering suicide and I was thinking that I, I don't know how, I was going to make this happen and I was crying there by myself and the uh, occupational therapist, this young little girl, a student came there and she looked at me and she said, what's happening? And I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I ever will be on a bicycle again. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do sport again because sport was a big part of, of, of me and, and, outdoor activity you know and she left me and she came back half an hour later and uh, she said come get up and I was struggling at that point uh, I was really very frail and um, she said come let's go to the gym and and the rehab gym didn't have a, a stationary bicycle at that point, but she went and she found one somewhere and she set a stationary bike up for me. And she told me, come get out of the wheelchair and climb on. And I was struggling to get out of the wheelchair and she said, come get on the bike. You know, I said, no, I can't. She, because I wasn't sure whether my pelvis would be able to sit on the saddle at that point. And true as Bob, she got me onto the bike and my legs started turning and I started pedaling and the tears shot out of my eyes. And that moment I realized that my recovery was in my hands. It wasn't in anybody else's hands, but it took that young girl to actually flip my switch for me. And if you're telling me there's many people that listen to this podcast that could be sitting in a hospital bed somewhere or those people must just, they must just realize that if you breathe, there's still the opportunity for your switch to get flipped and your legs to start spinning about and your life can go into a whole new direction. Then the second part of the story that I told you, the story comes in two parts, is you made a comment earlier that you got this new fire in your belly. You know, you uh, started working less and spending more time with the family. In my life, exactly the same thing happened. Be because of my brain injury, I couldn't do the work anymore that I used to do. So... I've become unemployed and in, in reality, I'm unemployable in the job that I used to do. So God has brought other things across my life that I'm doing very efficiently now, 
but it developed over the last two or three years. So, yes, it does come with its own challenges and hardship. And uh, my savings ran dry and I had to make a plan. What am I going to do while I'm not earning an income? But God brought other opportunities across my way where my life is developing into now. And I'm actually enjoying myself much more than I used to enjoy myself for 33 years. So once again, there's method in God's madness, you know, um, bringing something else into your life. Um, and I, I think you, I, I think you must, you feel like you, you feel unsure whether it's the right thing and whether you can do it. However, you must just take a step back and take a deep breath and have a can-do attitude. If, if the thought comes across your mind, that thought is there for a, for a good reason. So go with it and give it a try. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I, I, I couldn't string enough words to make a comprehensible sentence. And there God helped me to write the book. You know, that's how, that's how amazing it is. I don't know. Did I answer your question? You did? Yeah. Um, yeah look, I do think, um, yeah, because you were talking about that particular nurse who flipped a switch and she she was there probably for the right reason as well you know um and that's yes. what i was getting at yeah. you know and, and and the person who needs to hear this i think will hear it and i think that's that's the you know that's the same idea um like i obviously do my full-time job as well um and sometimes yeah it can be it can be very stressful and it can be very demotivating because i do find that high levels of stress can take away your creativity um and that's that's part of this, you know, this expedient work, which is your paying the bills, doing your daily job. There's also a purposeful work, I think, you know, I think we all have that second calling and we don't necessarily see it. And I think um, I think it's a gospel. Thomas says, you know, the kingdom is laid out before the eyes of men, but men do not see it. I think it's that other side of life that we need to aspire to do something with, with our spare time um, or if you can make it your full time absolutely you know and that's I think my little if, if it helps at all my contribution is bringing people like yourself forward um, to people who listen to this podcast you know just spreading the word um, mm, mm. and guests on who have that story to tell and can reach people and it, it does happen you know um, so uh, like I do think that I was saying about things lining up, you know, I was listening, obviously on the mountain biking lately, watching a Netflix documentary on mountain biking, um, Accomplice, I believe it's called. And the song comes on and it's um, up in the mountains and it's it's called Silver Linings. And then as I'm watching it, oh. I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. You probably see where this is going, you know, and uh, I'm on Facebook <laughs> and your, your, post, your post appears, you know and this guy yeah. off the bike and you know i um 
I said, well, it's a long time since I did a podcast. And my friend of mine had asked me earlier that morning by text, anything lined up. And I said, I have a few things in the back burner, but I haven't, I haven't, I haven't fired the trigger yet. And um, so <laughs> that's, that's when I said, I, I seen your post and at the, I ate a Jeep finding the silver linings and uh, add you yeah. on the mountain bike as well on the mountain bike. So it's kind of like, Oh, there's a few things that are coming up and I do look out for them little <laughs> signs, you know, and that's, that's, I think as well, I do look out for them little signs and a friend of mine who says to me, you know, that's the one you have to go with. So I said, yeah, I don't know this guy at all. Have never spoke to him. Um, but we'll find out a time zone and we'll see if we can set it up. And, and that's, that was my little tell for me to say that this is the guy you should have on for your next episode, you know, and that's what I mean. Oh, wow. I, you know, I think that, that that's the other side of life as well. You know, they say, your brain is split into two hemispheres and the left is your numerical reasoning, your mathematics, your logical, your analytical thinking. And the right is your creativity and um, artistic, you know, um, achievements and um, aesthetic values because none of that can be tapped by science necessarily. So I think that if you have that side open, you need to be in the middle line of them too. You know, you need to know what you're doing. You have to have some structure to it. But also you have to have your fit. It's back to that Taoist yin yang. You have to have your foot in one side of the chaos um, and the unknown. To I think that's how we're supposed to live, and that's why we're, we're our brains are separated that way. So that was my yeah. living on the edge, find, listening to God, and that's why I found different from the transformation. But my, my ear is open a little bit more to what's around me. I'm not as blind as I was. The colors are more yeah. vibrant, you know. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's I, l- I love you. I love your analogy of the vibrant colors. When, when I think of it as uh, when you do an endurance event and you, you know, you're taxing your body, I find that my body talks to me and it tells me I need sweet or I need salt or I need, you know, whatever I need to eat to, to fuel me. And I find that my conversation with God comes to me in very similar way. It's, it's a thought passes your mind and that's that's God speaking to you. He's, somebody put that thought there or something caused the thought to be there. And like you on your bike and you're expanding your body uh, to get the best from it, um, I find that I never planned to be a writer. I never planned... Uh, I started an internet business and <laughs> I've always been averse to computers or to learn how computer programs work. But God put it on my way to learn and he gave me time to actually get used to these things. And it's 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 like your colors you see the colors that it motivates you it energizes you 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 kind of feel better afterwards i don't think there's any any other way that god speaks to us is by just putting that salt or sweet thought in your mouth you know that's how he he, he works with us yeah and i see that colors as if you know everything was slightly grayer before it's only the beauty of life is shining a bit bit stronger now you know i think it's it's kind yeah. of you know, you know value this you know that's what's telling me it says enjoy this because 
you know, you're out while you're going through life. And, you know, you savor it almost, you know, because you're able to be on the yeah. bike. You know, don't take it for granted that you're out in a, a lovely country. You know, you're getting the fresh of air up in the hills. You know, there's the beauty of, of, of the world around you. Um, and you're there with friends and you have family at home and your health as well. And, you know, I, I find also as well, when I'm digging deep, say on a long run or a tough cycle, um, I do get that. I, I do have that conversation also. It, it, it appears out of, out of the, um, what would you say, out of the unknown, you know, this, uh, this chat with God. I remember being, um, I, I wasn't this fit. A friend of mine's in the army and he, he brought me to a few Irish mountain running uh, events and I was at one that I shouldn't have been at you know I just wasn't fit enough to be there and I was at the far side mm. of the mountain and I was trying to climb this mountain and it was a disaster you know and three quarters of the people were gone up and over and it was tough and I could see people around me and there's tears in their eyes and these are the other guys who shouldn't have been there maybe but um, you know it was a slug fest and this is when you know the mind sat going I said you know I, I really I really want to get a good result and, and actually even complete this. And I this top popped into my mind, you know, as I was asking for help, it was kind of, well, do you want, it's a, a comedic thought maybe, but the answer I was getting was, do you want my result or your result? You know, how hard have you trained for this? You know, and uh, it was kind of, you know, do, do you want to earn this yourself almost, you know? And you could yeah. say, you could say, look, these thoughts are random fabricated, but still, we don't know anything about the conscious mind. You know, science, it's mm. still a complete mystery to people where our thoughts come mm. from. Or, you know, you're not manipulating your neurons voluntarily. Mm -hmm. You know, these things are popping up in split seconds, even as our dialogue goes. You know, it's split second stuff. We're speaking it out. There's a lot of stuff going on, you know. And yeah. so when you, sometimes when you get them answers, you sometimes you do have to sit back and, and take and, and listen to it, you know. And um, so I think, you know, that's, that's my experience with with having my ear open and listening and uh, yeah. i think it's great that you know as tough as it was what you had to go through and what, what we were probably still going through um you know at least it's for a good purpose like you said you're in the restaurant business and you know you you were probably a managerial position pushing people working hard and now you're Not you're doing the opposite almost you know you're you're out to help people with your life now it's a, it's a big change yeah absolutely i uh, like you reached out to me uh, a girl also contacted me uh, <laughs> and her experience was absolutely opposite to our experience she went through an accident and massive injuries and she ended up in the opposite direction of 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 she doesn't believe there's a god because god wouldn't put her through the pain that she's actually going through and i i i got i froze for the moment you know because i'm not a trained uh religious person i'm not somebody to actually advise anybody on on anything about religion and the next moment i had this calm because i realized that i was put into her path and that's why she reached out to me and it was a lovely conversation 
And normally people that are opposite, they kind of feel pushed away when you tell them you're religious and you're Christian or and, and they're not, they're skeptical. And we had a wonderful conversation for more than an hour. And I don't know her from a bottle of soap. So that happened there for a, it happened for a reason, you know, um, and totally organical, uh, organic conversation about a topic that normally would make me run for the hills. You know, I wouldn't be, be three years prior to today, I would avoid getting into religious conversations with people. But now I do it. And I feel so comfortable just, I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I'm just telling them my story mm -hmm. uh, because that's all I really have to tell. And hopefully it can be testimony um, and, and assistance for them, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure so, um, that that must have planted a seed in, in her mind, you know. Um, if, if nothing else, definitely, you know, got her thinking I guess you know I don't know how that conversation ended but you know it's not it's not as if she'd walk away and forget about it three seconds later either no no and and she had such an interesting story she was a medical student when the accident happened and they said she'll never complete medicine and she completed medicine years later and became an anesthesiologist um, and uh, she's coped with all her challenges, and um, it's just, you know, she, she also saw my post like you saw my post, and something told her to reach out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely amazing how it, how it works. It is, because um, something told her, but you know, because you do, we get these intuitions, and we get these feelings, and um, funny you, you mentioned about little signs, but um, you say about the anesthesiologist where she was trained to be. When, uh, when I went in for my surgery for my shoulder, I was nervous. And I know I shouldn't have been, you know, I was thinking of, you know, much tougher surgeries that people go through. Um, my father had a quadruple bypass not that long ago, you know, and I can imagine you know, mm. what that's like in comparison to a shoulder surgery. But still, I was nervous. The thoughts are being put out and, and for a few hours. And, you know, um, I wear a cross um, and it has the Our Father on it. And I don't know if you can see that, but probably. Oh, wow. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I, I hold on to it, you know, and um, they, I, I, I was saying my prayer to just everything to go well, because Right before the surgery, you know, the guy comes up to you and he says, look, he says, it's it's not as simple as it sounds, sir. You know, we're cutting through a lot of arteries and muscles and veins. So uh, just sign this, you know, consent form. And was, you know, but, um, <laughs> then I got wheeled out in into the hallway at the hospital and I have my cross in my hand, you know, and they say, no, you can't take that in. I said, um, can I not even take it in without wearing it? And they said, uh, no. So I said, okay, um, fine. So I, I was wheeled in, still nervous. Um, I have a low resting heart rate. My heart rate's about 40 resting. I was about 75 or 80 lying in that bed, you know, and uh, just, just a bit of panic. But the girl, 
I, I was put through into the surgery room and a woman walked over the nurse and she said, don't worry, I'll bring you to the anesthesiologist and I'll look after you. And as she said it, Brooke fell from under her collar of her nurse uniform, only a cross similar to mine. My word. And uh, I looked up and I didn't say a word. And it was my sign to say, I'll be in here with you. You know, that was in my own head. You know, it, it, the chances of that happening either, you know, it was seconds after. And she she walked into the little tiny room with the anesthesiologist and I was put out and woke up and everything perfect. But, it, you know, it's little stuff like that, that if your eyes are open, you know, um, you see it. You know, I think maybe like you, my eyes were closed for a long time. Um, and I think living your life with your eyes open is a much better way to be. I used to have a dream for years. I was blind. No, I, I'd be fine in a big area built up. And then next of all, bit of chaos would go off. It was like a bomb went off or some kind of riot. And all of a sudden I was blind. I need someone to guide me out. But um, then dreams went away a few years ago and they never came back. And I think it's it's representative of um, knowing, knowing your way, you know, having a guide, you know, in life. And that's that's the way I take it anyway, you know. Yeah. I... Golly, it's, it's so nice having a conversation, Anthony. Um, I can... I can tell you that I, since for the last three years of my life, where I knew that God came into my life, I, I can live absolutely fearless every day. And that is such a relief because I just know that I have God on my side. And whether I'm wheeled in for surgery or whether I have to drive through a dangerous place, um, I can honestly tell you I live fearlessly because God will take me when He wants me. And then I'm in a better place anyway. That's how simple it is. Um, and, and just having that knowledge or that feeling means so much to me um and i never had that feeling beforehand and now i have it so there is nobody can tell me there's nothing to this you know um nobody will be able to convince me otherwise um and and that's why i say there's so many silver linings to this whole experience you know yes there was this horrible cloud but the silver linings are all over the show and, and and that's why it's important to keep an eye on the silver linings rather than on the dark cloud absolutely yeah and I, I, you know i look forward to reading your book as well um because um i just it's it's a great you know, it's a great tale even we're probably delving into a lot of it here but it's it's um it's it's nice to see a kind of positive story out there with all the doom and gloom at the moment. I know it's a rough story in the beginning, but um, the fact that you're spreading it, you know. But you're doing, you're actually, are you um, helping out an adventure center as well? Like you're, you're kind of a tour guide for, for biking. Is that, am I getting that right? Well, I, I offer some tours uh, where I take people on, you know, on, on uh, what would you call it? cycling tours for that matter 
you know, three-day, four-day outings. Um, there's some areas that are really uh, close to my heart. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Karoo. Um, it's a quite an arid kind of area um, in the in the central of of South Africa, the central area of South Africa. Uh, it's wide open spaces. Um, there's not a lot of greenery. Um, there's rocky formations. The wind, the wind can blow you to pieces. Um, there's not, you know, the, the wind picks up speed over the plains and, and it can hammer you backwards on your bicycle. Um, but there's very hospitable people um, and they cook the most amazing food. And you can have these absolute fantastic short little holidays, not too far away from, you know, civilization for that matter. And uh, you can you can have a break and recuperate and re become revitalized. Um, in in three days and have a lovely you know bicycle experience while you're doing it so yeah i have three four areas that i take people to and um it, it started off with taking friends away for a couple of days just to have fun and you know how it goes people speak to each other and uh quickly something develops into something else so uh, i call myself a, a chaperone more than a, a tour guide i i like having fun with the people and not really you know uh having the responsibility of a formal tour guide as such so i'm more i i, I would say i facilitate the experience more than anything else yeah well it's nice you're probably the guide for a lot of people that are um you know, it, it's great to be out in, in nature and, and doing them things. Um, I, I was going to say to you, you know, do you have any messages? I don't want to ruin the ending of your book or anything, but um, would you have any words for, um, some parting words for someone who is listening, who may be injured, maybe thinking, you know, what that girl was thinking that, you know, why has this happened to me? You know, is there no purpose to this, you know, um, someone in a hospital bed maybe recovering as well. Because I know you, you do try and your goal is to reach people who are suffering from traumatic injuries. I think the most important thing is you need to, you need to have something to look forward to. And the only way that I could find to create something for me to look forward to was to create a vision board. And I cut out pictures from magazines and I stuck it on a piece of paper and I put that piece of paper in my bedroom and I could see it every day when I wake up and every evening before I go to bed. I could see the pictures of things that I, I wanted to go cycling in the mountains again. I want to go horse riding. I want to swim in the ocean with my son. You know, I, I those things that 
gives you that warm belly feeling. You need to stick it up and put it somewhere where you can see it every day. Because then you have a, you have a goal and you have a purpose. And I think then the second piece of advice that I would give somebody is to think into intentionally. So whenever you feel like you get a bit of a speed wobble and you feel bad, you need to take a step back and take a deep breath and think about why you're having that speed wobble. And then think yourself through the problem and then carry on. Before you make stupid decisions, you know, give yourself the opportunity just to think a bit and to breathe a bit. Um, that helped me tremendously was to, to have the, 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 the visual goals. And then on many occasions, you get to a point where you feel you want to give up or you don't know how you're going to get through this. You must just slow yourself down because your mind runs away with the problems. And if you slow yourself down and you breathe, then you get an opportunity to see the solutions. Um, and the last thing that I would say is, when you are in the moment of feeling despair and useless and helpless is you must always remember you're not alone there's always somebody that wants to help not somebody that's prepared to help there are people out there that love and there are people that want to give you must just be prepared to say help me and there are people that will listen and that will support you just because they care. So I think those are the three lessons I learned and the mechanism that helped me tremendously to get through to the other side, Anthony. That's a great message. And um, I really appreciate you sharing it. You know, um, it, it's, it's great because, you know, there's such a common interest in the sports side of it. It pulls other people into all the other dimensions of it, you know. And I think sometimes that's why we, maybe if there's a reason why we have certain creative gifts, it's to um, to use them, you know, in that way. To yeah. use them pur purposefully. And, you know, you might have had the, you know, your your cycling ability maybe in the beginning that that caused you know, the people to connect to that and then you went through your transformation and it's that it's that one extra dimension of things and it's probably your your creative talents now that are helping you um, to get up and speak and bring people on your bike to these places out in nature to appreciate um, their life. So, look, I, I really appreciate you telling your story and I appreciate you coming on today and not knowing me from, from Adam and uh, I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed uh, I hope to read your book soon fantastic and thank you so much for having me yeah, um, and 
Thank you so much for taking a chance on this person you didn't know from a bar of soap. Um, every, every time that I get the opportunity to share, I think it's part of my mental healing and my, you know, my uh, formation uh, of, of, of becoming a, a new person, you know, because people see you from the outside, you look like the old person but they don't realize the inside is different you know mm -hmm. and sometimes it's a challenge and sometimes it's a challenge for you, you yourself to understand that um and and evenings like tonight um just gives me confidence that i'm not that bad and uh, that i that i still have a chance at life you know so thank you so much i appreciate it and I, I appreciate it. I really enjoyed our conversation. So uh, I hope we chat again soon. Awesome. Fantastic. I, I hope so too. It was really oh, nice to meet you. Thank you, yeah. Anthony. Nice to meet you too. All the best, Marius. Talk to you soon. Keep well. Bye.